All right. Well, um, this is the first uh, episode of Worthy for 30. I'm your host, uh, Eric Tash. Um, I am delighted uh, to introduce my first guest uh, to the show, um, Marnie Gordon. Uh, Marnie, welcome. Oh, thank you very much. So Marnie and I uh, have known each other uh, for many years. Um, I met Marnie when I was working at Prestige Brands, uh, running digital marketing for uh, for the company. And at the time, Marnie uh, was the I think I believe the SVP of um, of client services at the Association of National Advertisers. Uh, is it the largest? Or one of the largest client-side marketer, marketing organizations. Uh, the it's the largest. States. Yeah, it's, it's the, the largest. largest. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And how long have you been with the ANA? So in April, I will be at the ANA for 13 years. It's crazy. That, that is crazy. And time flies, right, when you're having fun? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've been with the ANA for 13 years. Uh, most recently... Uh, again, you, uh, you moved. Uh, can you tell us about your your most recent move? Again, uh, it's very exciting. Um, besides, you know, you know, you were working and speaking with uh, on a daily basis to you know some some tremendous marketers and, and organizations. But love to get some background on your current role. Um, again, working with both universities and institutions as well as marketers and organizations. Sure. So um, for most of my time at the ANA, so almost 12 years, my role was um, programming and marketing. Um, a lot of our conferences, committees, and webinars, including our largest conference, our Masters, ANA Masters of Marketing Conference. Uh, joke around, it's 3,000 of your closest friends um, joining <laughs> together to hear CMOs speak about their stories of growth. Um, Last March, I moved into a new role at the ANA at the ANA Educational Foundation, which is a huge passion of mine. Um, I was dying to join the ANA Educational Foundation ever since we took them over back in 2015 because I'm really passionate about our mission, which is bridging the gap between marketing academia, so marketing professors and students, and marketing industry to ideally educate and inspire the next generation of talent to come into marketing. Uh, so my role now at the a Educational Foundation is um, in charge of partnerships. So we have a Give the Gift of a University membership program where university, uh, I'm sorry, donors, um, companies donate a memberships to universities. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also have an annual um, honors night, which is a fundraising gala. We're launching a new sponsorship program. So there's lots going on and it's all money that's, you know, going back to help um, college students really understand marketing, get it on their radar screen, and then ultimately, hopefully inspire them to, you know, have a career in marketing. Wow, so that, that's tremendous. So again, you're you're working with uh, with universities and colleges, uh, bridging that gap between you know the, this enterprising uh, senior juniors and seniors. I imagine you know uh, college students that are you know trying to understand or trying to manifest what's their next step once they graduate from college. And because again, you're working with you know such you know large organizations and great organizations, not just you know the size of the organization, but 
these organizations um, that you know put a, a huge emphasis in talent, you know, how do they find that next crop of marketing talent? Marnie, can you just help us, you know, uh, understand, you know, to the people who are listening, when it comes to choosing marketing as a career, when do you know stu- college students, um, more specifically, try to, you know decide, you know, hey, I do want to go into a career in marketing, but I don't know what steps I need to take. Can you just help us, you know, just put some context around that? Because it seems like, again, there's a lot of information, but a lot, there could be also some misinformation in terms of what research, resources are out there. Sure. So it's funny, you know, a lot of times it could be as early as high school. Um, I'm seeing it. My daughter is um, going to start college in the fall. So she's not interested in business or marketing, but um, a lot of her friends are saying they're interested in business and almost like um, encouraged to figure out their major so soon. Um, however, it's not always the case. And you know, once students are in college and kind of finding their way, if they're just remotely interested in business, um, they tend to gravitate towards other careers within business. So like accounting or finance Mm -hmm. or consulting, because those companies come to campus, there's a clear career path, they understand what they're going to be doing, right when they graduate from school, one year, five years, 10 years down the line, Mm -hmm. they get their jobs by January of their senior year, and they're all set. But marketing, you know, number one, it's really getting marketing on college students radar screens as an exciting career to even explore. And then it's, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing as the A&A Educational Foundation is to really bring industry into the classroom so they can see the clear career paths that they can take in marketing. And there are many. Um, Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I can imagine that, you know, there are a lot of different ways that, you know, these undergraduate, specifically the business school students, you know, can pursue marketing. Um, and what it sounds like is, again, you're, you're bringing um, that thought leadership, those those industry uh, icons or you know, the people that we read in the trades and the ad weeks and the ad ages to come to campus, you know, to give a firsthand perspective to these college students to really help them understand and really have it have the uh, that that whole concept of what a marketing career looks like versus just reading it in a textbook or talking about it. It's actually getting putting personality and professional to the actual concept again of of pursuing a career in marketing once they graduate. That's what that's what my my take is or interpretation is that is that accurate again you're, you're bringing that talent to campus that's exactly it and you know a lot of the programs we have like a campus speaker program where industry professionals can come um speak virtually or in person once COVID is over <laughs> uh into mm-hmm. the classroom to really share you know what's going on with their career and their organizations to bring different career paths to light um we have an intern program called made that um it's really become the common app for marketing internships. So thousands of students apply to mm-hmm. ultimately try to get that hands-on experience. So again, kind of bringing industry into the classroom, seeing different career paths. Um, so there's there's a lot of different you know programs that that we have as a foundation that we're really just trying to you know get college students aware and excited about coming into marketing. Mm-hmm. Great. And what is some of the feedback that you're getting from the students based on these efforts? 
the students that are involved um, absolutely love it. Uh, we have our MAID internship program, for example, has been in existence for a couple of years and we've been, you know, developed a, in a, like an alumni community um, and mm-hmm. who, you know, have continued to, you know, be involved with us. We invite some of them to come to our annual honors night gala. Um, they end up getting some full-time jobs in marketing after their internship. So, you know, the students love it. Mm-hmm. No, that's great because again, if, if you if you're a college student um, and and you develop that that interest in marketing, you're making it uh, more clear. Or I don't want to say easy, but more clear and more straightforward for that student to one show uh, or exude that that interest to get involved. You know, perhaps you know through an internship, and through that internship. Um, you know, I definitely want to transition into networking, but in, as part of that internship, you know, they're getting a, a real firsthand uh, taste of what it's like, again, being working in a, an organization, working as a marketer. So when they do come out of college, they have a, you know, a clearer understanding and, and again, concept of what uh, being a marketing professional is. Again, if they want to pursue that as a, as a full-time uh, profession coming you know, after graduation. But I, I you know, as part of that internship or part of these, again, these, these initiatives that you're enabling for these college students to, again, to help them uh, further understand what it means to be a marketer, there's that networking component, right? Of building relationships, um, you know, Worthy for 30, you know, the whole premise uh, of this uh, podcast is to really talk to business thought leaders uh, like yourself to really help, uh, help the people who are listening to understand that being a, a professional and doing good and giving back aren't mutually exclusive concepts. And, you know, I've known, again, Marnie, I've known you for a very long time. Um, you've, you know, you've introduced me to some great people, some like-minded people uh, whose heart, whose mind and heart are in the right place. So love for, uh, to, to get your perspective on, again, you're speaking to a college student and you're, you're impressing the, the, the whole notion on networking and developing relationships. Why is networking so important, especially so early on in your career? Um, it's absolutely, the I would say, the most important thing throughout your career. It's really, it's never too early to start building relationships. But, you know, whether it's with your um, classmates who's sitting next to you in class, um, people in your dorm, um, people, you know, your employers from, um, you know, any internships or job opportunities that you have. Mm-hmm. You never know, you know, who you may be sitting next to, um, you know, what they may be doing and and who they may become. Um, so, you know, for example, it's funny, my um, one of my best friends from college, she ended up becoming uh, the CEO of the DNC. Who, who knew that was going to happen? You know, right. So, uh, so you, you know, you really, you really never know. And, and it, it, it's helpful, you know, it may not pay out in the short term, but long term, mm-hmm. you never know who knows who and, you know, who could help you. And, you know, and it's also important to really look at networking from, you know, how can I help my network? It's not all about how can my network help me? Uh, mm-hmm. So it's important to kind of really look at it from that standpoint. To- totally understand. And do you have any uh, examples um, or anecdotes, you know, just, you know, from your time, uh, you know, over the past, you know, 13 years where you've connected two people um, and, and it just it just blossomed, one, you know, in terms of that relationship, and two, 
um, just helping us further understand this whole concept around giver's gain, uh, about, again, giving first instead of, again, expecting uh, something in return from your network? Um, I would say, you know, I've definitely seen um, through my time at the ANA um, people introducing people at committee meetings, for example, and I've seen people become, you know, great friends from it, actually form business partnerships, make money together, um, you know. I've been also, especially during the pandemic, but even before that, through my time at ANA, um, I'm very passionate about trying to help people find their, you know, their next step in their career. So at the ANA, I kind of became this go-to person of if anyone was in transition or if they were looking to leave their jobs and they wanted to brainstorm some networking ideas, um, ANA members were just kind of naturally come to me and, you know, and I'm always willing to, you know, have a call with anyone to, you know, to try to help. And, and that kind of, you know, talks to your second point on, you know, it's how important it is to really give back to your network. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and to really, you know, help them, because ultimately, when you do help them, um, you know, they'll be that much more, you know, excited and willing to help you whenever it is that you may need it. Right, exactly. It's like you're putting a lot of good into this world um, without the expectation of anything in return. Um, but yeah, if you're in a pinch or you need help, um, you know, I think the likelihood of that person or that person who, who you helped um, may not be the right person to help you in that spot, but perhaps is more inclined to put you in touch with the resource or with another person that can help, uh, I think is a lot greater. Again, by, again, this whole... Um, uh, the whole proactive uh, nature of, again, just giver's gain and, and trying to help uh, as many people uh, as possible. Again, not not looking for, you know, um, the accolade or the pat on the back. I think it's just to what you're saying. It's just you, you, you by, by putting a lot of good into the world, it just it just helps everyone. Right. It just it just makes uh, it just lifts people's spirits, uh, especially, you know, during the pandemic, when the, at the onset of the pandemic, you know, you know, the sky was falling, right? People did not know what to do. This is, you know, once in a lifetime, once in a generation uh, pandemic. Um, and it's, and again, no, no one uh, really underst understood or understand at that time, you know, what does tomorrow bring? Um, so it's, you know, really taking inventory of both the experience and the people that we interact with on a daily basis, whether that's, you know, uh, fellow professionals and colleagues as, and, and of course, you know, friends and family, um, and, and figuring out, you know, we're in this together, you know, how do we help each other? Uh, how do we push each other forward? Uh, how do we, again, tap into that resolve and resilience? And I think, it, and I think, uh, more specifically in this instance, it's, you know, the, this professional network that you, that you've built and you're continuing to build again, it's like with anything, it's, it's like a garden, you're constantly tending to it. Um, perhaps, it, you know, again, this goodness uh, can just make things just a bit easier um, as the days progress. So that's, no, that's, that's great. Um, when it comes to influences, um, Marnie, are there any mentors that you attribute, you know, this, that, this whole, you know, the, your whole um, platform on, again, helping and connecting? You know, it's funny, there's not a specific mentor. What I would say it was really, you know, what really brought this all to light was my experience of getting laid off in my media uh, planning job in 2009 during the Great Recession. 
And Mm -hmm. the experience of, you know, seeing so many people that I hadn't worked with for like 10 to 15 years um, go out of their way to to help me when they really didn't need to, um, to try to get my resume in front of somebody, to help me get interviews. Um, And it was also interesting to see, you know, there were people who I thought I was really close with that um, my, I sent emails to them and it went right into cyberspace. So after kind of Mm -hmm. going through that experience and getting lucky and and landing at the ANA, you know, it really like put me in that, you know, even more so in that pay it forward mindset that Mm -hmm. I always felt like if I'm in a position that I can help somebody out and I can pay it forward, especially when they're in job transition or um, unhappy in their careers, then I'm going to do it. Um, And that that whole experience, you know, was was really life changing for me. That's great. That's great because again, you, you feel a little bit lighter. You feel you know, you know, you feel just feel a, a bit more wholesome, a bit more grounded um, by again just just helping because you you understand firsthand what it's like uh, to be in again this this point in transition in your career, um, you know, and 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 you know putting it out there um, for the universe to yeah to to help you to put you in this more fortuitous spot which you've been in um, you know for the past thirteen years. Uh, and it's evolved over those 13 years. Um, and it's great that again, you're, you're not making this, you know, this, this whole givers gain, give first, being proactive, trying to help others, not as a, as an afterthought or, you know what, my nine to five is X. And then once uh, I sign up for email, then I'll, I'll start thinking about, you know, how do I give back and do good? Again, it's part and parcel of your, your, your daily life on, you know, going to the office, you know, uh, your, your work is you know a, a part of it is is again giving back and, and lifting this uh community uh that you're that you're a part of um in terms of skills so one question i have is you know you again you're you're, you're working uh with these organizations with these these great marketers you're, you're creating this pipeline of uh of rising talent into the marketing world from colleges what are some skills uh hard or soft skills that you that you're seeing that marketers should take notice that they should, you know, start to, to think through that, you know, this is a skill set um, that I need to uh, acquire in order to, to continue to be successful in my marketing career. It's right. I actually think, you know, you can always get gain hard skills and take courses and, you know, get certified in digital and data analytics mm-hmm. and other hot areas. I think the most important skills are the soft skills um, to really be successful. It's, you know, learning how to network and being comfortable about it um, and, you know, and being in that, you know, pay it forward, you know, let me help my network mindset. Um, it's also from a leadership perspective, you know, really really leaning in and leading with empathy and really listening to the people that, you know, work with you and, and, you know, and hear, really hear what they're saying rather than you, um, you know, just pushing your point of view, you know, down their throat type of thing. You know, you're going to get, you know, much more, be much more successful um, if you really include them in the conversation Um and, you know, hear what they're saying and, you know, and let them, you know, contribute to what's going on in your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I t- totally understand that. Um, so so also a, a transition. Um, you began writing a, a weekly weekly newsletter 
Uh, can you tell us uh, about this weekly newsletter and what it's about and, and your objective for sending it out on a, on a weekly basis? Sure. You know, it's so funny. I, I always wanted to, um, you know, either write a blog or do something to share, um, you know, all of the career advice that and and look key learnings that I've had over time. Um, I'm very passionate around career development. Uh, actually, when I went to Binghamton University, I volunteered in our career center for two years, and I absolutely mm. loved it. And that was life changing for me as well. So I'm always kind of trying to, you know, help others with their own career development. And I thought this was a great way to um, be able to, you know, share what I, you know, what I'm thinking, what I know, help other people. And then also each, you know, each newsletter, I incorporate someone from the industry. So I, so the, the name of the newsletter is Career Chat with Marnie. And there's always a section in there, um, Career Chat with, and um, I have like a guest Q&A, a marketer from the industry, share their insights on whatever the, the newsletter may be. Um, so mm -hmm. it, it, we just launched about a month or so ago and um, I'm up to 300 plus subscribers and we'll see what happens. I'm just kind of experimenting and having fun with it. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, some initial feedback is people have been really enjoying it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens again. You said 350 subscribers so far. Um, about like three, between 300 and 350. Yeah. Okay. Got, got it. And, and I imagine, uh, knowing you, there's, there's a lot of referral, a lot of people who are receiving these emails, myself included, who are forwarding them on, sharing them on social media. Um, where can, you know, the people who are listening, where can, uh, people subscribe, uh, if they're interested in subscribing to your newsletter? Oh, sure. Um, if you just go on my website, it's careerchatwithmarnie.com. Um, you Great can subscribe challenge. right away and it's free. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's very easy to do. Excellent. Excellent. I, th I think, uh, it was, uh, our, our friend David Berkowitz in this past uh, edition, or were you a co-host in, in one of his events? I'm just trying to. So actually both. Remember. I was, um, I spoke at one of his events this week and then next week's issue, um, is going to feature, um, serial marketers and David. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so David Berkowitz, and again, another, again, person uh, who also, again, similar, similar disposition in terms of, you know, giver's gain, you know, of finding ways to connect people, providing resources, um, you know, again, serial marketers is a, a Slack based um, membership um, group of marketers who are not just sharing tips and 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 tips and tricks of the of the trade but also open roles like what you were saying marnie in terms of connecting um marketers to hey you know pr you know it sounds like you're not so happy with your current role xyz company um may have a, an opening uh perhaps you can uh, pursue that um so serial marketers is another um Again, another resource uh, for those who are listening. In addition to Marnie's newsletter, um, any you, you mentioned some some feedback and some positive feedback. Any nuggets, any verbatims uh, that you're willing to share from uh, people who are subscribed to your newsletter? You know what? It's funny. There, I did a newsletter, for example, on ageism um, a couple of month, a month ago, and um, I, I got a couple of people emailing me saying how much it resonated with them. Um, and mm -hmm. I even, you know, spoke to, you know, one or two folks about, you know, coaching around it. It's a huge, 
it's a huge issue that I think um, the industry is really sweeping under the rug and people are afraid to even talk about it to potentially be associated with being old in the marketing and advertising industry. Uh, so mm. it was nice. It was just nice to hear. I, I try to write the newsletter or I do write the newsletter um, from my heart and how I feel. And um, it was nice to hear that uh, that it resonated with other people, too. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And um, and in terms of ageism, which is, again, a, a serious issue within the marketing and advertising industry, um, are there any sort of tools or tips uh, that you recommend to combat um, potential ageism when, a, you know, an older or more seasoned, sorry, not older, more seasoned uh, marketer is applying for a role? Um, you know, one one thing I recommend to explore is really developing a, what I call a portfolio career. So mm. it could be, you know, leveraging your marketing industry expertise to become a consultant, an advisor, even a fractional CMO to help, you know, small to mid-sized companies, um, startups especially are dying for, you know, to have that senior marketing executive executive experience um, to help them kind of get off the ground. And, you know, it's a great way for you to be able to work on different, with different companies, different pieces of business. You can even, you know, not only have some marketing clients, but you could pursue other passions as well. Uh, like I, you know, one person I know um, has some marketing consulting gigs, they're a fractional CMO, but also um, teach yoga at night. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a great way to give yourself that flexibility, which is especially much easier now, in, you know, given the pandemic, people are much more used to working online and remotely. And it's easier to hop from one thing to the next uh, when you don't have to commute into the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. It's um, it's, you know, the, the pandemic accelerated some trends. Um, one of them, uh, I, again, it sounds like the, you know, the, the, the gig economy, you know, you want to be an Uber driver, you know, when you're, you know, after your, your nine to five or your day job, fine. You want to work for DoorDash, you want to work on, on Thumbtack and, and help, uh, you know, local residents, uh, repair things around the house. So it, it sounds like having a diversity of different responsibilities throughout the day, again, helps combat. Um, this, this, again, what you're saying is, you know, it, it sounds like a taboo subject, but, uh, through your newsletter and through, um, some of the conversations you're having, um, you're bringing it to the, to the, the, the forefront, uh, for this is a, again, a serious issue that, uh, we must, uh, work on combating because again, these, these more seasoned, uh, marketers have a, have a tremendous amount of knowledge and know-how to bring to the table to any organization, whether large, small, startup or established. Definitely, definitely. Excellent. Well, Marnie, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you for uh, coming on uh, Worthy for 30, uh, episode one. Um, and uh, we will chat soon. Great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Bye.